Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone, Believe Podcast, the network for professionals. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Stone Sports, also uh, at Believe Podcast. Uh, podcast available anywhere you get uh, podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or uh, or anywhere else. Uh, on this week's episode, we will recap what we've seen so far from the four Tobacco Road schools uh, this week. We'll also look ahead to their uh, to their next couple games as well. Also, do some uh, some ACC power rankings. It's been a while since we've done we've done that. We're starting to get uh, at least a little clarity at the top of the conference as to who the best teams might be. So we'll dive into that at the uh, at the end of the episode or at the middle of the episode. Uh, as well. But to start off, uh, we got to start with Duke because Duke finally got a much needed good win in uh, in conference play, beating Georgia Tech 75 to, uh, to 68 on Tuesday night. Um, you know, a solid performance by the Blue Devils. They crushed the rebounding battle, uh, out rebounding Georgia Tech 43 to 28. Uh, they didn't shoot it great from three-point range, uh, and they were 45% from the field. They held Georgia Tech 44%. Uh, I think what might have been most impressive and might, most important for Duke is they did a much better job keeping Georgia Tech uh, out of the paint. Um, you know, they, Georgia Tech had a lot of open looks from the perimeter that they missed, and if those go down, this could have been a different game, and that's something that they that Duke will have to continue to address uh, is guarding the three-point shot, but at least in this game, they were able to keep Georgia Tech away from the rim, which had been such a problem for Duke early in the season. Uh, also, I think the fact that you know they were able to get some uh, some production off the bench from Goldwire and uh, and Mark Williams uh, in limited minutes gave them six point six rebounds in thirteen minutes. If they could get that from him night in night out, that would be huge. Uh, and the big three for Duke in terms of offensive production, Johnson, Hurt, Stewart, those three guys combined for 54 of Duke's 75 points. And that, that's kind of the, that's kind of what they're going to need from those three guys if this Duke team is going to be competitive. They kind of need that from those three guys night in, night out because the rest of the roster has, has limitations. You know, Roach is really inconsistent. Um, and seems to kind of be struggling with his confidence a little bit. Breakfield's inconsistent. Uh, you know, Wendell Moore Jr. has obviously been inconsistent for, for Duke all season. So the, it's kind of like on those three guys to carry the load offensively for this uh, for this Duke team. So, you know, much-needed win. It could have gone the other way, and I say that because if you go back and watch that first half, Georgia Tech missed a ton of open looks from three-point range. Um, and, and as, you know, as bad as Duke has been defensively at times this season for Georgia Tech to only score 25 points in the first half, uh, that was certainly shocking. So it could have gone the other way, but it didn't. If you're Duke, you just gotta, gotta take it and, uh, and roll with it. Take it as a positive, try to build some, uh, some momentum going into the, uh, the Clemson game on Saturday, which is obviously going to be a, uh, going to be a much tough, tougher test. 
And I guess for, uh, for Duke to play better, all Coach K had to do was get crushed by the media all weekend for his response to a student reporter's question. I guess that was all it, all it took to get, uh, to get Duke to, uh, to play better. So uh, he might have found the, uh, the magic formula anytime this, uh, this team is struggling. Just go out, find a way to, uh, to create some kind of uh, controversy and, uh, and take the criticism. And the Blue Devils will come out. You know, firing offensively and playing better defensively. Maybe that's the uh, the magic uh, elixir, if you will, for this uh, for this Blue Devils team. Uh, moving over to uh, to UNC. Here's the crazy thing about UNC. I said it last week against Wake Forest. That was their best performance of the season. Then I watched them against NC State. Then that was their best performance of the season. And then I watched them against Pitt on Tuesday night. And that was their best performance of the season. You hear the trend there, right? They just keep getting better. And that, that, that's, it's a scary thing for the, for the rest of the ACC because uh, this is a UNC team that obviously has great size, as we've talked about at nauseum this, uh, this season. I mean, those three bigs, you know, Baycott, Brooks, and, and Sharp, you know, they all they combined for you know, 43 points in this, uh, this win over uh, over Pitt, uh, you know they they have found a guy that can knock down shots in Kerwin Walton. Uh, he's been huge. And you know, Caleb Love and Leaky Black weren't great. Uh, R.J. Davis wasn't great either in this game. But those guys seem to be starting to figure it out. You know, Caleb Love had five assists, so you can you can live with that. You know, Leaky Black, he's never going to be a great offensive player, but he does a lot of other things. He had six rebounds and three steals. In this uh, in this game, so uh, they they seem to be you're just figuring it out, figuring out how to play with each other, and really gelling together nicely as a team. Um, they didn't they only turned it over 13 times, which was a much improved for this uh, for this UNC team. That's been an Achilles heel for them all season. They won the rebounding battle 37 to uh, to 29. That they this UNC team, they're maybe. Three or four teams in the country that they should or could lose the rebounding battle to. And none of them are in the ACC. So they should win the rebounding battle night in, night out if they're playing their best basketball um, or playing you know, even up to par. Uh, so it, it, that's the thing about this UNC team, man. They, they just keep getting better. And it's, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to win the ACC, but they're, they're a dark horse threat. To win the ACC, like that, they are really starting to emerge as a team that that could potentially, you know, down the stretch of the season, make a run at potentially winning the uh, the ACC regular champ regular season championship and maybe even the ACC tournament if we have one. So they're they're an interesting team to uh, to keep an eye on. I don't think there's uh, there's any question uh, about that. Uh, you know, Wake Forest. Speaking of Wake Forest, got to kind of take that in in two parts because we talked last week. I said eventually Wake was going to win a game that we didn't think they should win, and it happened on Saturday <laughs> as as Pitt came to town and Wake got a, a much needed impressive win over a pretty good Pittsburgh team, um, and that that's huge for the Wake program uh, because. I think uh, you know that that just builds confidence, and it goes to show that when you're playing when you're playing the right way, you know good things can can happen. 
Uh, Ismail Masood exploded. Finally, somebody stepped up and gave uh, Musius and uh, and Williamson some uh, some help, and they were able to uh, to pull out uh, a very impressive win over uh, over Pitt. Um, and you know this kind of goes twofold into Wednesday night's game against NC State, which they lost. But what have we talked? About? We talked all season about for Wake Forest. The most important thing is how hard they're playing. And are they buying into the system? And if you watch last night's game against NC State, and we'll talk about State in a minute. I'm not leaving you out, State fans, I promise. They were down by as much as you know, 15, 16 uh, for a, a big chunk of that second half. And then they, they end up battling back to make it a five or six point game for the final couple minutes. Now, granted, some of that has to do with Devin Daniels being out with an injury. But they still didn't quit. They never quit on the game, and they continued to uh, to battle. So I think that that's a big building block for this uh, for this Wake Forest team as they continue to get better. Also, I think you know guys like Masood stepping up and helping Williamson and Musius, who have been carrying so much of the load. Uh, that's huge for this uh, for this Wake Forest team as uh, as well. Uh, moving over to NC State. Uh, coming off the loss to UNC Saturday, not a real big surprise. UNC's you know really pulled it together. It was kind of NC State's first game back off of injuries and COVID, and you know not not a real big surprise that they ended up losing that game. But they they at least played pretty well in that game until the final couple minutes, I thought. Uh, but they bounced back, get a much needed win over Wake Forest on Wednesday night. Um, you know, finally the first game where they looked like they're healthy. Unfortunately. Devin Daniels goes down uh, with an injury in the final uh, nine minutes of the ball game. So, I, if Devin Daniels, I, hopefully he's not out for an extended period of time, and I'm not here to speculate on that because I'm not a doctor. But if he's out for an extended period of time, then it, it just crushes this NC State team because Daniels carries so much of the load offensively, and he is their go-to guy when they need a bucket. Like there, there is no question about it. I mean, he had twenty last night in in limited minutes. So if he's out, then it, it just it, it's gonna put a lot on Cam Moore or Cam Hayes and Shaq Moore, the young guys' shoulders uh, as they go down the stretch of this season. But we'll see what what Devin Daniels' status ends up being. Um, it's unfortunate because Wake, you know, NC State, they they got back in the win column. So you would, you know, you would like to have something positive to talk about, but then you know you get this loss or you get the injury, and and that that kind of overshadows uh, the win in this sense, uh, unfortunately. But we'll see uh, how things uh, play out with that uh, that injury. Uh, as I touched on, wanted to do some uh, some ACC power rankings because we haven't done that. In a while, and I do think we're starting to get a little bit of clarity <laughs> in terms of who the better teams are in this uh, in this conference. So uh, let's start at the top. Uh, I think Virginia is the best team in the ACC right now. Uh, defensively, as always, they're bought in under Tony Bennett. Hauser and Clark uh, really playing well for them, them offensively. Uh, they just find a way to grind out and win tough games. Uh, won a tough one over Georgia Tech Saturday, and then blew out Syracuse on uh, on Monday night. So I just think things are really starting to come together for this Virginia team that a lot of people had uh, preseason top ten 
things are really starting to come together for them, and that's you know certainly a good sign for uh, for Hoos fans. Uh, I think Florida State is the second best team in the ACC right now. Uh, MJ Walker is a potential ACC Player of the Year candidate. Scotty Barnes is one of the best uh, the best freshmen in the league. Uh, Gray has been terrific for this uh, for this Florida State team. They just have uh, a variety of weapons that can hurt you. And, and always, when you talk about Florida State, you always talk about their length and their their athleticism. Um, and they've been, they've just been really good uh, since they kind of came out of the uh, the COVID protocol early in the uh, the ACC slate. Uh, third, I have UNC. I think uh, the way that they have grown uh, over the last three games, they've ta- they've grown by leaps and bounds, and I think that uh, that UNC is a is a legit dark horse contender to win the ACC uh, regular season uh, title. Uh, Virginia Tech, I have it fourth. Uh, the Tyrese Radford suspension uh, could make them end up dropping lower, but uh, but at this point. Uh, going to leave them at uh, at number four for right now. Uh, they did look pretty good in their uh, in their game last night against uh, against Notre Dame. Granted, it's Notre Dame, but uh, we'll see how that affects them uh, as they play some uh, some better opponents uh, with the season going along. Uh, Louisville, I have sitting at five. Uh, the Cardinals, you know, uh, the the point guard Khalil Jones. Um, that they, they they have a really good backcourt. Uh, they've been a little inconsistent at times, but uh, they're, they're another team that kind of a legit dark horse, in my opinion, that could win the league. Uh, Clemson, I have at six. I, I know Clemson just beat Louisville last night, but it was at Clemson. I feel like if it was at Louisville, Louisville would have won, and I feel like basically on a, on a neutral floor, the game would be a coin toss. So I just don't see a ton of difference between those uh, those two teams. So you could flip-flop them if you wanted to. Uh, I give Louisville the slight notch, slight nudge over because of their backcourt. Uh, Pitt, I have sitting at uh, at seven. Uh, I know they've lost uh, two games in a row now, uh, but they did beat Duke last week. Duke is who I have sitting at uh, at number eight. Just kind of have them sitting in the middle of the pack, not real sure which way they're going to go. They get a chance to play Clemson on Saturday. Big opportunity for the uh, for the Blue Devils. We'll see what they uh, what they do with it. Syracuse at nine. This is this is kind of one of those Syracuse teams, and I'm not saying they're going to make the Final Four. I don't think that at all. But it feels like one of those teams that we've seen from uh, from Bayheim in recent years, where they aren't good during the regular season, or they're really inconsistent, but they have the ability to pull it together and make a deep run. Uh, I think that's a, that sums up this Syracuse team pretty well. So far this uh, this season, uh, Georgia Tech I have sitting at ten. Um, you know, Passner has done a terrific job there with the Yellow Jackets so far. Uh, they're tenth in the conference, but this is you know being tenth in the ACC this year isn't necessarily a uh, a bad thing because it's a pretty deep league. Uh, NC State is who I have sitting at uh, at eleven right now. Uh, you know, it, it could change. They've got an opportunity against Syracuse on uh, on Sunday. Also, the the Devin Daniels injury uh, weighs heavily into this as well. But coming off a losing streak, it's hard to have them them much higher than that uh, right now. I actually have Wake Forest at twelve. I actually think they're better than the three teams I have below them. 
And I think they're starting to realize that their potential and that they can be good. Uh, and I think it's starting to kind of come together for uh, for Wake Forest. So I have them at 12 currently. Uh, Notre Dame I have at 13, then Miami at 14, and Boston College at uh, at 15. I don't know that there's a ton of difference between those three teams right now. I will say I, it, whenever Miami gets healthy, if they do, uh, when they get Likes and Magusty back, uh, they could be a tough team down the stretch of the uh, of the season in ACC play if they get those guys back uh, healthy at uh, at some point in the uh, in the month of uh, of February. Uh, anyway, looking ahead to uh, to this weekend uh, picks and potential best bets for the uh, for the games this uh, this weekend. Clemson and Duke face off Saturday at uh, at noon. Uh, it's at Duke. Uh, you know. Clemson's four and four in ACC play. Duke's four and three. My my guess is at most Duke will be a three point favorite in this uh, in this matchup, uh, and I think I think I'm gonna ride w- with Duke as long as it's three points or under because I think I think what we saw on on Wednesday night or on Tuesday night will start to build some confidence for this uh, for this Duke team and some continuity. Uh, I think they'll start to play together better. And uh, and we'll we'll see we'll see what could be a uh, a nice little run for for Duke with some confidence building maybe potentially as they uh, as they head into the uh, to the matchup with UNC uh, coming up soon. Uh, you've got uh, Wake Forest hosting Miami. Uh, I like the Demon Deacons. It's in Winston Salem. I think it's basically a pick 'em game, uh, but in Winston Salem, I'll ride with Wake Forest. Uh, I would probably play them up to three points potentially, but uh, but not more than that. We'll see what the spread ends up being. My guess is it's going to be something like a one-point spread. But I think uh, I think Wake will actually get the uh, get the better of uh of uh of Miami in this matchup, mainly because I think they're two teams kind of trending in the opposite directions. Wake is starting to pull it together, I think, starting to realize they can be a good competitive team. Um Masood starting to step up as that third offensive option for the uh, for the Demon Deacons is huge, uh, so I, I like Wake in this uh, in this spot. Uh, looking ahead to uh, to Sunday, uh, you've got uh, NC State going on the road to Syracuse. This depends entirely on Devin Daniels. Um, like if Devin Daniels plays, I'm guessing Syracuse would be a slight favorite. If he doesn't play. I'm guessing Syracuse gets up to around like a six-point favorite. Uh, again, that's a complete guess. It's hard to know. That, that's when you're going to have to follow me on Twitter to see what I end up deciding to do on that one again at, uh, at Ryan Stone Sports for, uh, for that one uh, as we'll see what ends up being the case with that game on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, and looking ahead to, uh, to Monday, you've got uh, Duke will go on the road to take on Miami. So Duke playing two games in uh, in three days, but two very, very winnable games for the Blue Devils. So I, I would take Duke probably on the road in that spot. I think, you know, probably going to be something like a six-point favorite in that six or seven-point favorite in that matchup. Uh, and I would uh, would definitely lay the points with Duke on the road at Miami, particularly if uh, if Likes and McGusty are still banged up. But like I said, it, it, it's a nice little stretch here for Duke where we could see them start to build some confidence as they get ready to take on uh, on UNC in the uh, in the near future. 
That'll do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. As always, you can catch it at Believe.com, Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you get podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Stone Sports, and we'll be back with you again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.